We'll take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. We continue our journey toward a spiritual awakening. And uh, we're going to talk about a very familiar story tonight. I don't think I have to. I hope I don't. I think I'd tell you that the deep, deep desire of my heart is for God to show up in such a manifest way among us that it'd be so strong that if somebody walked by on the street and they didn't know the Lord, that somehow the Spirit of the Lord would speak to them and they'd know they didn't need to come in and find Him. I've heard uh, over my lifetime, and particularly over Refresh, we've heard Michael Catt relay that kind of a story a couple of times where people have walked in the building and said, I was driving by. Don't know why I was driving by, but something told me to come in here and I'd find the answers. And they came in loaded down with cares, and since they needed to stop and find some help, and they did. And I have to tell you, that's my heartbeat. That's my heart cry. We're now about halfway through our planned trajectory to get to our target weekend. Along the way, we've been praying for and thinking about and longing and asking God to awaken us to His Spirit, His power, His love, to Him, His will, so much so that we can literally become, are you listening, that we can become clay in the potter's hand. To be used, now here, listen, here's the thing, to be used at his whim, to be used at his, in his desire, to be used the way that he wants to use us. But that's, if that's to happen, if we're going to have a spiritual awakening, I, I, the question that I pose to you tonight is how near is a real spiritual awakening? How close is it? Just tonight, I want to I want to pose that question and talk about the nearness of an awakening, and and we're going to answer that story with a very familiar story. We're going to answer that question with a very familiar story. It's about the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Luke twenty four, begin reading in verse thirteen. Now that same day, I will pause there to say that same day is Resurrection Sunday. That's the day that they were all in the dumps, and all of a sudden, somebody went to the tomb. Found the tomb empty, heard the angels and all the bustle and hustle. And as uh, there was no news break on CNN, it all was word of mouth. Now that same day, two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Together they were discussing everything that had taken place. And while they were discussing, don't you like this, and arguing... Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them. But they were prevented from recognizing him. Then he asked them, What is this dispute that you're having with each other as you're walking? And they stopped walking and looked discouraged. And one, one, the one named Cleopas answered him, Are you the are, 
Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked them. So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, powerful in action and speech before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. Besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. Moreover, the, some women from our group astounded us. They arrived at the tomb. They arrived early at the tomb, and when they didn't find his body, they came and reported that there that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who went with us to the tomb, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. He said to them, how unwise and slow you are to believe in your hearts all that the prophet has spoken. Didn't the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, I like this, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. They came near the village where they were going, and he gave the impression that he was going farther, but they urged him, stay with us, because it's almost evening, and now the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. It was as he reclined at the table with them that he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. So they said to each other, weren't our hearts ablaze within us while he was talking with us on the road and explaining the scriptures to us? That very hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those with them gathered together who said, the Lord has certainly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then they began to describe what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of bread. Today as I read this story, and I was honestly, I was looking for the little nugget for us tonight, little gold nugget. What I discovered is this, this one story is packed with a pot of gold. Instead of just being one message, it probably should be a sermon series. But let me just kind of, I want you to hang on this about the nearness or how near is How near is awakening to us? As I read this story, the first thing that really jumps out and grabs me is that while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near and walked with them. I want you to think about this. Think about, just just hang on to that thought. They thought Jesus was dead. They were doubting whether he had been resurrected. They certainly didn't think he was close to them. And when they weren't looking for him, There came Jesus. When they were going home, kind of feeling sorry for themselves, there he was. He was with them. I don't know if you remember the singer coming back in 2006, 2007, a man named Gordon Jensen. He kind of had a a Kenny Rogers voice, and he wrote a lot of songs, Redemption Draweth Nigh. One of my favorite songs that he wrote, the words are this, In the very thought of Jesus... His presence can be found. He's as close 
as the mention of his name. There is never any distance between my Lord and me because he's as close as the mention of his name. You know how close I believe that awakening, how how near it can be? An awakening is as close or as near as Jesus is. It seems to me that Jesus comes to us when we don't think he's coming. He's present when we don't think he's around. He's our companion even when we don't recognize him. Seems to me that, that he is waiting for us to get so desperate that like these two folks, we become an open book of honesty of how we really feel. We take off our face. We take off our mask. We take off all those things to fool people. And we just become an open book into which he can write his words. Now, let's just get the picture here just for a moment. Jesus had been crucified. We know that. Buried in a grave. When he was crucified, the disciples scattered. They were running for their lives. Three days later, the tomb was open and empty. And candidly, now we look 2,000 years back, but candidly on that day, most of them were probably confused. Now we've run into these two guys who were making their way from Jerusalem where the action happened down seven, seven miles down the road to that place called... Um, Emmaus to the house, probably where Cleopas lived. We don't know much about Cleopas, except he's mentioned right here, and it seems that he was from Emmaus. And they were, as they walked, they were just normally, naturally discussing the events of the week. I would say the past full week, because I dare say that in their discussion was a, was the thought, wasn't it just eight days ago, last Sunday, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on that donkey and he came in to the cheers? And then they probably asked themselves, how did it go so wrong so quickly that he was crucified and those cheers turned to jeers? They probably remember hearing those folks holler, crucify him. And as they were walking along, they probably were thinking, how did things really get this bad this quick, so bad that they would, that they would kill Jesus? But now here before we get, they are the members of this new sect, and their leader was gone. Can you imagine how they felt lonely? How they felt vulnerable? How they felt Hopeless. You're saying this is resurrection day. Yeah, but they're still confused. I don't think they're quite convinced. And I think we find it in the scripture and, and they, and they're talking about it in the scripture indicates that they were having some, um, conversation that was even, uh, um, a little, uh, um, disagreement. And Jesus showed up. And at the end of the day, their hearts burned. Their eyes were opened. And their lives were changed. That's awakening. I want you to think just for a second as we work through this story. I'm just going to give you, because I believe Jesus shows up in hearts that are pure and honest and humble. I, I, think, I think he shows up in our hearts. Certainly that's where he speaks to me. I see three hearts here, and some of you are going to go, well, I don't know about this, Brother Jerry. That's fine. I'm just telling you what, what the Lord's spoken to me about three hearts that the Lord will show up in. First of all, He'll show up in a debating heart. 
a debating heart. You go, whoa, I don't know about that. I want you to look here. The reason that you debate over something is because you're unsure about something. It's because you're hurt about something. These men were hurt. And verse 14 says they were discussing everything that had taken place. And then verse 15 says they were discussing and arguing. Now, some translations translate that talking and discussing. Some translate it they were conversing and reasoning. The truth is that Greek word talks about there being a, a, a opposition in, opini- in opinions because they were debating the things about, about who Jesus was. They wanted to believe deep in their heart. They wanted to believe who Jesus was. But yes, they had seemed to have a different opinion. I mean, after all, do you think it was common for people to come back from the dead back then? Would you have had a problem with that? But here's the key. This is why Jesus showed up. Is because in their debating, they were not being, they were not being anything except open enough to try to find the divine answer. They desired to know the truth about God, about His Son Jesus. I sense they were debating because they were in a crisis of belief. They were trying to sort all all of the events. And they were just like a sponge because they were open, saying, somebody feel me. And so when when somebody says, feel me, you know what? The Lord Jesus shows up. That's when an awakening happens. When we got it all figured out, we are full, full of ourselves, we're full of our pride. Here's what I'll tell you. Jesus will not come in and fill a vessel that's already full. They were not full. They were empty. They were debating. The second thing that I'll, I just see here is that not only did Jesus come to a debating heart, but he comes to a discouraged heart. When Jesus came to them, whatever this means, divinely, they were kept from knowing who he was. It says, um, it says in verse 3, but verse 16, they were prevented from recognizing him. And somehow divinely, that was happening. And so what happens is that he walks with them and he listens to them just a little bit. And then he asks them this question. You know, what, is, what are you debating about? What are you arguing about? What is all the conversation about? And the scripture says at the end of verse 17 that they couldn't believe it. Now, I'm putting the watch spin. They couldn't believe it. It's kind of like three people walking along and somebody says something nobody can believe and so the other two just stop and look and they look discouraged. I mean, in their minds, everybody knew what was going on. Isn't that the way the church is sometimes? In our mind, we think everybody knows what's going on in the church. Would it shock you to know that there are people in Hueytown that don't even know where Hueytown Baptist Church building is located? I run into them all the time. Where are you pastoring? I'm going, I'm at Hueytown Baptist Church. Well, exactly where is that? I'm going, exactly how long have you lived in Hueytown? And their folks have been here a long time, don't even know where the building is. These folks thought, these men thought everybody knew what was going on. And Jesus said, so what's going on? And what things are you talking about? And so if you look in verses 19 through verses 24, you know what you discover? You discover the heart of these men. They spoke of Jesus. They spoke of who he was. They spoke of what he had done. They spoke of what had been done to him. Verse 21 lets you in on who they are when they said, we were hoping 
who were hoping he was the one. See, they still were confused because they were hoping he was the one who was going to redeem Israel to, a, to the status and, and a, um, government. He was the one that was going to redeem Israel, but it was going to be done a different way. It was going to be a spiritual redemption. Their discouragement leads to a couple of things. Their discouragement leads, first of all, to doubt. If you look at that last line in verse 24, they, didn't, they, said, uh, they had just said people went to the tomb, found it like the women said, but they didn't see him. You see that doubt there? It's one of us folks, I've got to see it to believe it. May I just say this to you if you're one of those that you've got to see it to believe it and you're proud of that? So was Thomas until he stood face to face with the Lord. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, blessed are you who seen and believe, but blessed are those more so who haven't seen and believe. You see, they were, discur- they were, uh, they were doubting. But here's what I will tell you is that the second thing is that in their doubting, they were opus, open and honest enough with Jesus that Jesus knew their heart and he could begin speaking words of light, words of life into it. At this point, I, I ask you just to consider something. Consider a couple of applications from the story. We've talked about how Jesus comes to a debating heart, and to a discouraged heart. To both of those hearts, Jesus says, are you listening? He says, I'm here. I'm available. I'm watching over you. So, come to me. All you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will come to you if you would like me to. You see, when we talk about an awakening, we know that Jesus comes to those who come to him, those who desire him, those who want him. And that brings us to the third heart that I see. Jesus comes to the debating heart that debates honestly. He comes to the discouraged heart. But number three, he comes to the desiring heart. As the story progresses, the the three men, the two disciples, and Jesus walk down that road toward Emmaus, and finally they come to their house. And when they come to their house, Jesus just kind of gives the impression he's going on. He's going to pass pass on by. He's got somewhere else to go. He's got something else to do. But they desired. They invited him. They even encouraged him to please stay. I never read this story right here where, where I read he gave the impression that he was going farther. I never read that story without thinking of this old hymn. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry while on others thou art calling. Do not pass me by. You see, the truth is they wanted this man, this one, Jesus, 
to stay. They'd heard more than enough from this stranger to know that they wanted to hear more from this stranger. I ask you, have you heard enough from Jesus to know that you want to hear more from Jesus? Are you satisfied? In the story, that in true Hebrew-Jewish tradition, it was getting nightfall. They had a stranger. They invited the stranger and extended him hospitality. They still didn't know who he was. They just knew he was special. They still were debating. They still were doubting. They still were discouraged, but they invited him in. And it was only when Jesus came in where he relaxed where he reclined, where he was an invited guest, that he revealed himself. And listen, their eyes were open. They awakened. They awakened to the truth that Jesus was not in the grave, that Jesus was not dead, that Jesus was not just the one who was going to save the government of Israel. They became awakened to all he was. They experienced an awakening. So, how close or how near is an awakening to us? I submit to you it's just as close as Jesus is to us. At the beginning of the, the, somewhere in the beginning I talked to you about, and I gave you that first verse of, of that Gordon Jensen song, close as the mention of his name. You know what the last one says? The last verse says, In my hour of struggle, so many times I've found, He's as close as the mention of his name just to breathe. The name of Jesus can turn everything around. He's as close as the mention of his name. How close is an awakening? As close as Jesus. How near is Jesus? Please listen. It depends if we let him pass by. Or we desire him to stay. He leaves that choice with us. Let's pray.